Welcome to Kula, a growth accelerator podcast. We invite entrepreneurs, experts, and professionals to share experiences, ideas, and talk about how to build a business that grows and survives in Malawi. Welcome to today's episode of Kula. My name is Washington Chimuzu, and today we are featuring Oganive Chingakule, Senior Growth Catalyst at Growth Africa, one of the implementing partners of the Growth Accelerator Malawi. Oganive has worked with over 50 entrepreneurs in the program and has done this by facilitating workshops and offering one-on-one support. In this episode, we'll be talking about social impact. Welcome, Oganive. Thank you. The Growth Accelerator program is one of the most exciting and innovative programs uh, that's running, supporting the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Uh, and so uh, young businesses or those who are just starting out. Would you say this is a unique uh, kind of venture that's been supporting entrepreneurs because of the diversity of applicants that you've been able to take on board? Yeah, I think it, it was... Uh very much first of its kind that really allowed people to see the potential that could come out of supporting businesses that are being run by our indigenous Malawians. As we've gone further, obviously others are now also trying to see what kind of support that they can also offer. Um, And Growth Accelerator keeps paving the way for that. What kind of support, now I'm just picking the point you just made, what kind of support did you initially um, see businesses seeking versus what you had going into this? Obviously, this is a, a grant matching grant component. So the first thing that a lot of the entrepreneurs came in thinking that they only wanted was obviously the cash component. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that the thing that stops them from growing their businesses is how much money uh, that they have, how much cash they're able to put to certain things, and which is um, a very important component on its own, but it wasn't the only thing. I think what we've seen that our entrepreneurs have started to really appreciate a lot of the one-on-one support that they get, um, the ability just to have a conversation with someone that is there to actually help you right. get your business from point A to point B. That's right. Really did, did, did that surprise you when when people came in and they were asking for technical advice, uh, technical support, or just like you say that conversation? Did that surprise you? I can't say that it really surprised me. I think I've been in business development for like over thirteen years, so I've sort of seen a, a trend that has gone on that it's always starts with I need to get financing, money, but then you've always got oh, but what can I do here? How can I do something better? Should, should, are there techniques or hacks that I can use to keep my records, even though I'm not an accountant? Mm-hmm. Are there ways that I can approach technical assistance? Do you know someone who could help me? Do you know? So those are the sorts of questions that you keep seeing coming up as time goes on. So I can't say that I was surprised, but I was very glad to see that they could pick out the benefits that they were receiving from the program. Okay. And would you say this was across the board that a lot of them were lacking, um, say, between finance and marketing? Where would you say was the biggest gap in, in or request coming from? I think the biggest gap that I would say that I've seen has been more around them thinking about the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So... 
you know, initially when they start, they start off with these really big ideas and what they want to achieve, what they want to do. But when you start having conversations with them, they've gotten so wrapped up in what's going on on a day-to-day basis because mm-hmm. they're so deep in the pot that they can't see further than that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like tell them, take a step back for a minute, re-strategize, rethink, where is it that you wanted this thing to go? And then now start building up what are the activities that I need to do to be able to get those things done. And then from there, that's when you start seeing requests about, um, you know, networks, you know, who who can help me do this? Um, can you connect me to markets? Can you um, connect me to probably potential other investors even beyond the program? That's how it sort of flows. Growth accelerator or growth acceleration. Mm-hmm. Who should be applying for this in your view? Growth Accelerator is designed for any entrepreneur that has been doing this for a while. You may not have started too long ago, um, but you've been doing this for a while and you've realized that, you know, I keep doing this, but I'm not able to break through. I'm not pushing through a certain layer. You know, we're doing business, we're making sales, maybe we're even making profit, but we seem to have stagnated and we're not getting beyond a certain point. What the Growth Accelerator will do is help you to do a self-audit of what your business is and sort of break it down so that we really get to the root of the problem. Getting them to get to the point where they sit back and say, actually, you know what? Exactly. That is exactly the problem that I had. And then working around solutions that they can come up with to do that with the support then of the grant funding so that some of the ideas that are, that come up with it's not it has to wait until we have money but there is some funding available so that you can push through some of the decisions that you're making to transform and grow your business and you'll find that if you're able to apply all of those things definitely without a doubt your business can grow beyond that in what way is business advisory evolving in the midst of all this I think when I first started business advisory, it was simply to write business plans. And it, and we would write business plan because people wanted to go to the bank and access a loan at the bank. So that was pretty much business advisory. They didn't ask for technical support? No, or... no. Um, and then I think it then moved a lot more to capacity building. Mm-hmm. And now... I'll put that inverted commas because people take capacity building in different ways. But essentially, it was just sort of training. So we realized that actually we can share more information. We can train people. Uh, we can create environments where people could learn. Um, I think now it's now moving into that space where we realize that it's all well and good to give people capacity and be able to give them tools that they can utilize. But then we also need to be a lot more hands-on and a lot more involved if we really want to help the businesses succeed Mm -hmm. you know i i often liken it to something for instance you know if you go to a typical malawian bridal shower everybody will be screaming shouting and they'll be giving their advice right there on the spot and i've always said if people don't already know this advice you're giving them on that day they're not suddenly going to develop into your 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 African consummate, beautiful, you know, wonderful wife. You know, it will be something that it's learned over time. So if you 
think of people in their businesses and how they do things they've really got to think think through some of the tools you've given them whether it's a business model canvas don't just give them a business model canvas help them develop the canvas and what does should it look like give your thoughts but don't dictate what they should do because it's not my business it's theirs so they should be happy with all of the developments that they've laid out for themselves mm. so there's social impact and there's social enterprise define social impact to a five-year-old for me i think the simplest explanation i can give about what social impact is would be what you do that affects those around you mm-hmm. that would be the key thing so what benefits what is it that you're doing that means that my neighbor is also you know being assisted by whatever it is that i'm doing okay. so so as a business how does that definition sort of play out when you look at um the history of business and its development how it's moved into the space it's always been about how to make money uh, how do i make money how do i do what i need to do but i think with over over the years we've started to see that it's possible for an enterprise to make money but in the process of making mo- money within the way that they do their work the people that they get um, supplies from maybe the the products that they're developing for the markets that they're developing them for to be able to impact their community that they are surrounded by and i think as we start to realize that more and more you're now getting businesses now that are making conscious efforts so deliberate efforts to be able to reach out to say a farmer that couldn't go to the main market themselves but can provide them with the type of product they need um things like aggregating how do i make sure that i don't have just my own produce to take to the market mm-hmm. i can go to fa- other farmers show them what to do how to do it mm-hmm. put things together and then take it to the market so a lot there's a lot more now that can be done within the normal operations of the business that allow it to be able to have a, a great social impact and, and still make a profit and still make a profit right that's the key so define <laughs> now social enterprise to a first year college student i've i really never liked the terminology of uh, social enterprises i think the misconception firstly is that people think that a social enterprise doesn't need to be a profit making business or a profit making entity mm-hmm. But really what a social enterprise should be able to do is to make money and profit mm-hmm. but at the same time have an impact which is possible. So how is it possible? It's about all the things that I normally do in my business. So one of, one of the sentiments that's come out in this kind of discussions is <coughs> is the uh you sort of sense a bit of a hatred or a bit of disregard for those that appear like middlemen in the value chain mm-hmm. those just come to buy the produce and maybe sell it to a producer uh, mm-hmm. or a value addition company is is that is that fair that hatred or that disregard for for those middlemen when you look at how complex the value chain is especially for in the in the agricultural sector I think it's warranted to a degree um partly because if you look at if you just look at the value chain and say for instance you're looking at tomato the farmer in the field works hard gets the tomato sells it and he'll sell it at 
at a price which is probably half of the price that we're paying in town. So say for a thousand kwacha of tomatoes that we'll normally buy, the farmer at the field where this middleman has gone to buy it probably only gets three, four hundred kwacha, maybe five hundred kwacha at best. And then he passes it on to a middleman who sells it only for 100 kwacha more. And then another one and another one. And by the time it gets to us here where we're sitting, the end users and consumers, you've had probably four or five layers of middlemen in between that keep adding to the price. Um, that means the, those that are working the hardest on the product don't get the most benefit from the product that they've produced. Yet the consumer at the end is also getting higher prices which they are struggling to pay with, you know, disposable income and so on. So we need to find a way to sort of bridge that gap, not to completely eliminate middlemen because they're effective in their own ways. Right. But at and, least... And they are making a social impact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But at least to allow the farmers to be able to benefit more mm-hmm. from what the consumers are paying okay. for the products. I'll go back to the definition, mm-hmm. and now I want the opposite of it. What is social impact not? What, what does it not look like? Okay, real social impact is not a CSR activity that you just go and give money do. for a cause. Yes, and, and okay. you know probably build a school block to have you know your name put up there mm-hmm. and so on. Real social impact should have some level of sustainability built into it. So something that is not just for the moment, but allows the community to keep growing. Mm-hmm. So it, so social impact, to get you right, is not CSR, it's not donations, it's not... No. It's not PR. No. It's yeah. real business. It's real business. With real impact. Yes. And real profit. Yes. Okay. And social enterprise, just, just again, just to be very, very sure, because there's a lot of, you know, this is some of the buzzwords or hype that, that is out there, and uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are under pressure mm. to appear to be social social enterprises mm-hmm. and so we just to understand it where are they getting it wrong what should they not be doing what they shouldn't be doing is going outside of their normal business operations to try and create impact somewhere so this would be the csr activity mm-hmm. we don't normally go to hospitals but we are doing some activity that's taking us to a hospital and donating to a hospital but rather they should they should have something within their operation that allows them to create the, the impact that they're looking at so instead of trying to build uh get pay for people who are maybe in a maternity ward in a hospital rather you create employment that allows people to be able to go to a clinic and pay for themselves when they go to the hospital then you get a, a longer lasting um a longer lasting impact so rather than give the man the fish you teach the man to fish and then they're able to continue to perpetuate the things that they've learned and be able to create all their own opportunities for themselves mm-hmm. to wrap up on social impact you know at, at what at what point in their businesses can entrepreneurs incorporate social impact is it product development is it supply chain is mm-hmm. it marketing at what point so really it's at it's at any point in the business it's about really looking at where what is the most convenient point at which you can incorporate others into what it is that you're doing wow so in order for your business to grow and survive seek out opportunities in the marketplace and pursue them thank you 
for listening to this episode of Kula. This program is proudly sponsored by Growth Accelerator Malawi with support from UNDP Malawi and KFW Development Bank. Until next time, thank you.